If you're anything like me, then you've logged way too many hours already into the world of Pokemon Legends Arceus. I may or may not have spent like 30 hours in the game before even beating the second Frenzied Lord. I'm not going to deny it. I'm obsessed. But there's something different about this Pokemon game. Game Freak has always been pretty good about hiding bits and pieces of Pokelore into the background of the games and the bookshelves, but with this jaunt into history, we're literally experiencing the lore that Pokemon is built upon. And it's brought with this this like seriously heavy religious strife between the Pearl and Diamond clan. So What's going on there? Can we as Christians learn from the feud going on between these two factions? Or could they learn from us? Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith, games, and proposing that we extend the day to 25 hours so that I can play Arceus for one hour longer. I am your nerd pastor, Nate. If you like these weekly deep dives, hey, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, as always, we're going to be starting out this video with our scripture. Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. As always, I'm going to be reading from the NRSV. That's my preferred translation. It's what's going to be on the screen, but I would encourage you to use whatever you have instead. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So before I break down what this series even is, let's get the elephant out of the room, okay? I will be pronouncing the name of the Poke God Arceus. If you prefer Arceus or Arceus or Arceus, then I give you permission to download this YouTube video, use the clip of me saying the name correctly just then, layering it over each time I say it incorrectly, and then watching it in the basement while you eat macaroni noodles, okay? It's Arceus, it's Arceus, it's Arceus, it's Arceus. If it was Arceus, then what would that make this? Go ahead, say it out loud. Check mate. With that, what exactly are we talking about today? Pokemon Legends Arceus is the newest non-mainline Pokemon game to enter the franchise, entering into the fray in January of 2022. It made folks really nervous. However, it turned out to be a hit. It's a game that takes the player and puts them back in time to the founding of the Poke World in the land of Sinnoh before Pokemon had been domesticated and become the norm in wherever the other games are set. I don't even know what time they're supposed to be, but it's before then. It was a bold new title because it was clearly following the huge lead of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in the expansive semi-open world aesthetic. Plus, most excitingly to me, you get to throw the Pokeball for reals. <laughs> it's so fun. I knew that I was going to love this game from the first time they teased it. I lost it whenever I saw Akari throw that Pokeball. Sold. I could rave about this game and how much I love it and how graphics nerds can take their critiques elsewhere, but for this video, I actually want to focus on the plot of the game, which is a sentence I never thought I would say about a Pokemon game. Anyway, end game spoilers for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Minor spoilers, but spoilers nonetheless. In this game, you are a third-party alien entity that fell from the sky, which is something that everyone that you meet will remind you of pretty much incessantly. Despite this, you find yourself in the good graces of the Galaxy team, who are exploring and cultivating the earliest village of Jubilife in the Sinnoh region. You join the exploration team and use your big brave self to venture out into the dangerous wildlands and catch a bunch of Pokemon, like so many Pokemon. I am 
going to complete that dex. Along the way, you discover that there are other camps out doing recon in the world, with the two biggest being the Diamond Clan, led by Adaman, and the Pearl Clan, led by Arita. These two do not get along, but they also kind of like do in like a will they, won't they kind of way. I don't know. I play too many dating sims. Anyway, Adamant and Narita are the de facto heads of their individual clans, and each of them believe that they are the ultimate ones in the right over who the Almighty Sinnoh is. Adamant believes that the Almighty Sinnoh is the controller of time. Arita believes that the Almighty Sinnoh is the controller of space. Not only do they vehemently believe that they are correct, they also unabashedly hate that the other could think the opposite could possibly even be true. Like, to the point that Adamant just hates space and Arita hates time. And I'd be lying if this didn't strike a little too close to the heart of the Christian tradition. It feels downright religious how these two worship their almighty Sinnoh and just can't see any other way around it. By the end of the game, after everything has really hit the fan, you, along with Adamant and Arita, learn that in fact there is not one almighty Sinnoh, but two. And also that they aren't named Sinnoh at all, but one is named Dialga and the other Palkia, and they control time and space, respectively. Man, just wait until somebody tells them about Arceus. Imagine. Once they acknowledge that, in fact, neither of them were wholly correct or incorrect, they change their tune pretty seriously and begin to work together towards riding the ship of space and time caused by these frenzies. Whenever the two clan leaders learn the truth, the game pretty much speed lines it up to an immediate recovery and apology and then new adaptive process, which is... Not very realistic to the church, but this is a game after all. It's got to stay in its own little package. Now, maybe it's just because I'm so close to the matter, but I really couldn't help but think of the parallel to the church throughout this entire encounter. I hope you'll play this game, and I hope if you're at all interested in the things we normally talk about here at Checkpoint and in this video, then you'll actually read the dialogue and ponder it a bit because... I gotta chalk it up to the writers. They did a really good job exploring human error and the harm of religiosity. Now, I'm not gonna say they used the Bible as their source but they very well could have. Let's look at our scripture and see how the message is very much the same for us today. Our passage in this video comes from one of the most famous chunks of scripture known as the Sermon on the Mount. This is a collective of text and teaching from Jesus that we use pretty often for our practices on how we should live our lives as Christians. This is right from the beginning of the text, and the Gospel writer Matthew has done that for a reason. One of the recurring phrases of Jesus throughout all of the Gospels, really, is this phrase, you've heard it said blank, but I say to you, blank. This is an equation that Jesus used to help provide context and illustration for the text of the Old Testament laws and teachings into the real-time context in which Jesus was teaching. So this junk in particular in Matthew, through the words of Jesus, gives the reader the heads up that it isn't Jesus's intention to throw out or replace the old law, but rather to bring it into its truest newness through this equative phrase. Now, the words the gospel writer uses is that Jesus didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill, and that heaven will not come until the law is fulfilled, completed, seen through, accomplished. What a weird phrase, right? Like, when I follow traffic laws, I don't think of them as being done. Like, I don't fulfill them, you know? I do them, and then they're out of my mind until I return to my car for another drive. Jesus is explaining that these laws aren't like those other laws, but that living them is finding them so second nature that they become fulfilled. Why? Why was this necessary? What is Jesus getting at? This was actually a scathing review of the church at the time. See, the scribes and Pharisees had become so hyper-focused on the letter of the law and what it actually said that they were perverting the law with word games, semantics, and power grabs. They'd gotten to a place where they were using the law itself to directly do things that were sinful. To Jesus, this is the literal lowest you can go at even trying 
to accomplish the law. I don't believe that Jesus is actually wanting to set up some kind of heaven-based hierarchy here. Instead, Jesus is getting at the scandalous rule following of the Pharisees is the minimal effort. And it's never going to be enough to fulfill Jesus's prayer that it may be on earth as it is in heaven. Instead, it has to be better. It has to be more. And so Jesus sets out on his short life of ministry, correcting the errors of the law, not by throwing it out, but instead by bringing out the truth like the bloom of espresso from within the dark coffee grounds. We still make this fatal flaw of reading too deeply into our laws, cultural norms, and standards that we've set before ourselves. And it's simply not the whole truth. Now, you can watch the entire video diatribe against it uh, here. I think it's here. But in the New York Times article recently posted by Tish Harrison Warren, uh, she wrote an op-ed about why churches need to end online worship. In it, she makes several appeals to the importance of the tradition set by the church of the past. And she's not wrong there, but she's also not right. She's so focused on the rules, laws, and norms that she's only allowing the church to work at its literal minimal effort. Jesus wants so much more than minimal effort. And we are capable of so much more than minimal effort. Just like Adam and Arita, we get so caught up in our own ancestry, our own beliefs, that we refuse to even see the forest for the trees. Maybe we're both right. Maybe we're both wrong about the other one. It's so very tempting to think about things in a binary. Either Jesus is agreeing with the law or throwing the law out. But instead, Jesus says that he's doing a new thing, a third thing, a different thing, a thing beyond our own assumptions. And it's better. It's more fruitful than we could dream. It blows our minds and our expectations and allows for a better, deeper experience. So with all that said, what does this actually mean for us today? How can we make use of knowing this about Pokemon and Jesus? I think most of us find ourselves in the shoes of Adam and Arita, of rule followers or anarchists, of lovers or haters, online church or traditional church, Arceus or Arceus. The truth is that there is so much more spice to life, and Jesus brings up that nuance over and over and over again. Our role as Christians is not to fade into the binary isms of the world, but to change the world through our radical multiplicity of nuance and flavor. Whether you are a Christian or not, I hope you'll at least consider what it means to let go a bit of the certainty that you hold on to that brings you to a place of harming other humans and instead embrace a beautiful nuance that allows harmony that rivals the likes of heaven here on earth. That's what we're doing here at Checkpoint Church, as best as we can. We have Trekkies and Star Wars fans both talking space. We have League players and Pokedex completers together enjoying one another's company. We'd love to have you join us in that space and bring all of your nuance right there along with you. Whether you're in the Diamond Clan, the Pearl Clan, or the Ginkgo Guild, know that you are always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for watching this video. I so appreciate you taking time out of your day to join us for these weekly deep dives. We'll be back again, of course, next week, same time, same place. But if you want more of Checkpoint Church and what we're doing right now, we actually just started a new schedule. So we are streaming still Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays, but now we're streaming for three-hour streams. So on Mondays, we're streaming from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. On Tuesdays, we're streaming from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern. And then on Wednesdays, we're streaming from 7 to 10 p.m. 
Eastern. And if you want more than that, even, you can go join our Discord. Maybe you want to talk more about this video or tell me that I'm wrong about how I pronounce Arceus. That's fine. You can drop it in the comments down below, or you could take it over to the Discord and we could really hash it out in that awesome community. We're asking questions of the day. We're just enjoying one another. We finally broke 200 over in our people. So we've got a great community over there that we'd love to have you be a part of. Hey, quick question for you. Who was your Arceus starter? Please don't hate me any more than you possibly could already from this video, but I chose Rowlet. I can't help that I love my round little boy, okay? Folks, with that, we're going to end this video with the three things that we believe to be absolutely true about every single one of you out there, regardless of whether or not you believe in God, whether you go to church, none of those things change these three truths. Number one, we believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you. Number two, we love you. We want community with you. That's what we're doing here on Twitch, YouTube, and Discord. And number three, we believe that you, yes, you matter. You are a person of sacred worth. The world is a better place. Why? Because you are and then, folks, with that, I can't wait to see you either on the Discord or on our Twitch or right back here, same time, same place, for another Nerdy Deep Dive next Sunday. Until then, folks, be well. Bye-bye! What? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> if any of you have figured it out, please tell me. <laughs> They're clearly penguins. They must be penguins, but the question is not why are they A D Mad. Do I have to spell words maybe?